Welcome to Hit Your Show's High School Sports Weekly, where we will cover the past, take a look at the present, forecast the future of high school sports in Adams and Wells County. So sit back and relax and join yours truly, Bob Adams, along with Rex Brewer for year 18 of Hitcher's Toves High School Sports Weekly. Note the opinions expressed by Bob and Rex are theirs alone and do not reflect the opinions of WZBD, its staff, or its sponsors. the services provided at Decatur Hardware and Rental in the Decatur Plaza? We fill propane grill tanks, test pool water, custom mix paint, cut keys, ship UPS packages, cut glass and plexiglass, we rent tents, tables, and chairs, we rent trenchers, a skid loader, tractor, stump grinder, sod cutter, and so many more items. Hardware, plumbing, electrical, or paint. Let Decatur Hardware and Rental make your project much easier to complete. Decatur Hardware and Rental and the Decatur Plaza. Family owned in the same location since 1972. Your sight is precious. Your eye care professional invaluable. Dr. Alan Harshman's Adams County Vision Center is conveniently located at 815 South 13th Street at Indicator. Dr. Harshman's experience combined with state-of-the-art technology assures you the finest eye care available. Dr. Harshman's Adams County Vision Center offers the latest in contact lenses and frames. Dr. Harshman and his staff look forward to seeing you for all your eye care needs. Call 724-4111. Do you remember last winter? Why would I want to? Cold, snow, unpredictable utility bills. Exactly, unpredictable utility bills and shortages. What are you getting at? I'm talking about the real world advantages of a quality Hitzer coal burning stove. Where can I learn more? Online at Hitzer.com or stop by the showroom, 269 East Main Street in Bern. Be energy independent with a new handcrafted Hitzer stove. Welcome home. A new chapter doesn't mean you have to rewrite your entire life story. It only means you're ready to move forward into a lifestyle that's tailored to your needs and ambitions. At Adams Woodcrest, they go to great lengths to make your transition to a new and exciting lifestyle easy and carefree. Choose from one or two bedroom villas or apartments. Call or visit today. Adams Woodcrest, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. Member Adams Health Network. Stowe's High School Sports Weekly. <laughs> I'm Bob Adams. I'm Rex Brewer. I, I jumped the gun a little bit there, Rex. Uh, that's I, the I, first I time ever, Bob. Yes, it is. And uh, Rex, our special guest tonight, is a fellow that you know, and he's he's from here in Burn, but he was the AD at DeKalb for a number of years. I Dick. worked wrestling matches for Dick for years. Fan, fantastic AD up there. Had a, what did you say, 26 years or 26 something 26 years, there? yeah. 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 He, he did a great job. He was one of the, my favorite ad's up there treated you know, everybody one of, one well. of my favorite stories he told and he'll t- he'll he'll expand on a little bit <clears throat> he was an assistant football coach at decalb and he taught uh typing and one of the business teachers he he was taught junior high school typing and he wanted to get into the high school and they told him well this is a you know there's no way you're going to get in high school here really quick and apparently one of the business teachers wanted to teach typing and that's what uh you know dick took in college was business and so they just traded spots. That's how I got in. Well, then, uh, at 29, he was appointed AD up there. Okay. And uh, I said, 
Dick, uh, you're from Bern. How did you become a football coach? He was an assistant football coach. And he said, I was actually on the first Bern football team. He said, the last two or three years the school was open, <laughs> we had a football team before we consolidated. So did Geneva. And uh, he said, for a while, we actually had the best uh, best football record of any team at the school. You know, they won three or four games or something. You know. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. So Dick McKean uh, here in Bern is our special guest tonight. Uh, Lexi Dellinger was named to the top 60 workout along with Logan Rolls of Norwell, uh, Dellinger of South Adams. Last Friday night, boys basketball, the season-ending scores, Adams Central beat Lakewood Park. 52-46. Belmont picked up a win. Jay County, that was a great game. We did that game. 44-42. Southwood beat Bluffton 69-61. Homestead over Norwell 74-43. Eastbrook over South Adams 58-41. And Southern Wells beat Randolph Southern 49-40. Uh, they wrapped up the swimming for this year. Uh, Zach Colpert of South Adams wrapped up his swimming career with a 31st place Finished in the 50 free. He also finished 34th in the 100 free. And he was one of our guests up here last week. He was, week. just a week ago. Uh, one of our other guests, Caleb McCarty, finished 24th in the 200 free. Broke his own record from earlier this year. Broke his own record. Yep. You know, uh, we, we talked about that some. That's something. You break a school record, but it's only good for 24th place in the state. That's yeah. something. Uh, and the Belmont diver, John Gerard of Belmont, finished 18th at the regionals. So congratulations to all three of those individuals. Sectionals started uh, last night at the 1A sectional at Westdale. It was Cowan over Anderson Prep, 58-42. Southern Wells beat U uh, Union City, 59-45. Bluffton beat Adam Central, 52-37. Kind of an upset because Adam Central had beaten Bluffton earlier in the season, but about the same score. Adam Central seniors were Johnny Carroll, Drew Schultz, Tyler LaFountain, <coughs> and Kyle Arnold. Cherubusco beat Eastside in that sectional, 38-34. We will have Friday night for you the uh, Bluffton South Adams game. Uh, 3A sectional at Norwell. Marion beat Belmont 71 to 50. Belmont fish, finishes 6-19. Belmont seniors were Lucas Strickler and Oliver Garris. Belmont played uh, pretty well. They were in that ball game until well into the third quarter when uh, Marion started pulling away. Miss Sinwell beat Heritage 33-32. Heritage finishes 16-5. and and that was the week it was in high school sports. That's it? That is it. Okay. And uh, we'll take a quick break and come back with our guest interview right after this. Here's some straight talk about insurance from auto owners. You may think eliminating the middleman will save you money. When it comes to insurance, you eliminate a lot more. Like the personal service that comes from dealing with a local agent. Someone who lives in your community, who knows you and your insurance needs, and will be there for you when you need them. For the best rates and coverage, call your local independent auto owner's agent. See me, Mark, Toby, or Barb at Graeber Insurance, Highway 27 North and Burn, and North 13th Street in Decatur. Model trains, one of the nation's favorite hobbies for all ages. For all your needs, rely on Whistle Stop Hobbies and Crafts, 905 North 2nd Street, Decatur. Trains, pine cars, rockets, model kits, and diorama supplies, they're all at this well-stocked one-stop hobby shop. You'll also find DMC Embroidery Floss, CK Products, and Cake, Cookie, and Candy Supplies. Stop today at Whistle Stop, 905 North 2nd Street, Indicator. 
Announcing another service of the Sports Clinic at Adams Memorial Hospital. Each Monday from 2 to 4 p.m., the Sports Clinic will evaluate any athlete experiencing sports pain of the shoulder, elbow, ankle, knee, or other area. It's a free evaluation by the physicians and providers of the Adams Orthopedics Office in the Adams Medical Complex on the hospital campus. When you're injured, the orthopedic team at Adams Memorial has you covered. Adams Memorial Hospital. Exceptional care close to you. Do you remember last winter? Why would I want to? Cold, snow, unpredictable utility bills. Exactly, unpredictable utility bills and shortages. What are you getting at? I'm talking about the real world advantages of a quality Hitzer coal burning stove. Where can I learn more? Online at Hitzer.com or stop by the showroom, 269 East Main Street in Bern. Be energy independent with a new handcrafted Hitzer stove. Welcome back to Hitcher Stoves. We're now joined by our special guest for this evening, Mr. Dick McKean. And Dick, um, a lot of people here from Bern know you, and and uh, you uh, graduated from Bern High School. You you were an athletic director at DeKalb. Tell us what it was like growing up in in uh, Bern in those days, and uh, some of the great ball teams that were around then. Well, it was a lot of fun because the Bears were pretty successful, uh, regional champs in '61 and also '63. I had the privilege of being on the 63 team. And so on uh, the 61 team, I was a freshman in high school. And uh, that was in a very exciting time to, to be a burn bear. Um, I, I was uh, a member of the 63 team. I didn't play a lot, but uh, it was very exciting. And, uh, you know, we, we did well. You talked uh, earlier about the uh, undefeated uh uh, junior high team won 67 in a row. Yes, uh, that started back with a group that was graduated in 61, and uh, I was part of that team as as a seventh grader. But uh, what changed was already when I, I was in eighth grade, we lost our first game to <laughs> Portland, breaking the streak. Later on, Byrne had won four sectionals in a row, and when I was a senior, 1964. And our team was made up of Burn players and some Hartford players because Hartford closed their school and some of those players came to Burn and some of those players went to Geneva. But we also broke the streak of winning four sectionals in a row. We lost the final game of the 1964 sectional to Adam Central. And uh, I remember uh, uh, reading about a game that uh, Monmouth and, and uh, Burn played in 1963. Uh, uh, Monmouth won the a regular season game, and then uh, Burn come back to win the, the sectional that year. Oh yes, and uh, actually Monmouth was very good. They had they had a couple of they had a couple of Brown players. One was spelled B R O W N, and one was B R U N, and they were excellent players. And that team was very good, and uh, we were lucky to beat them in the sectionals. I think the final score was sixty three sixty one. The article I read, I think uh, they, they gave Irv Inniger the uh, credit for hitting the winning shot with just a few seconds to go. Well, that that probably happened because Irv, Irv would happen to do that quite often, <laughs> so that was, that was good. How exciting is it for a school the size of Vern, which was actually, I mean, by today's standards, a tiny school, uh, 
to win a sectional and go to regional and, and win the regional then in two out of three years? Actually won it two out of three years, and probably if you talk to some old burn people, we probably should have won it three out of three years, but, but we didn't. But it, it was very exciting, just very exciting. Yeah, we were a small school, and we played Elkhart, which was one school at the time in the semi-state in 61, and we played Kokomo in 61, and we played South Bend Central in the semi-state in 1963. And actually, a member of that team was Mike Warren, who later became a UCLA player. And I was just in contact with him in the last six months about South Bend Central playing the Burn Bears. And I remember when we were going to play the Bears, our coach, Bruce Smith, had, at least he had me believing that we actually could beat them. And they just totally drubbed us. <laughs> Mike Warren, of course, went on to play on the Hill Street Blues. Right. I know. He was an actor. And uh, when I got in contact with him emailing, he was he was really a nice guy. And he remembers he remembers that time. And he remembers when he was a Indiana high school basketball player. And it was a great time for him. You know, uh, uh, I, I, knew, I knew a guy years ago. His name was Hugh Schaefer. And I think he's passed since then. But he was a heck of a basketball historian. And he played, I want to say, maybe at Freelandville. They were the Flying Dutchman. Uh, but Bruce Smith was his coach in high school. Interesting. I, di- I didn't know that. I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, but okay. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, – uh, I'm thinking it was Freelandville, but I'll have to look that up to make sure. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how Bruce Smith ended up in Bern, but he did and uh, had three very successful years, and he went back to – IU and worked on an advanced degree, and then he later coached at South Bend Riley, and then later on he was in the Chicago area, and he was a junior college coach until he retired, and sorry to say he's passed a few years ago, so we don't get to talk to him anymore. Some of these older coaches really had amazing careers as you look back on it. Oh, fantastic careers. There's there's guys all over the state that have won you know hundreds of games, and you just wonder how they could last that long, but... Some of them do. <laughs> and they all start out at uh, small schools. You know, uh, Jim East started out at Chester Center years ago. Uh, uh, they had a coach at uh, uh, Showalter uh, that was from the Chester Center area and went to Chester Center and later coached at Logansport and really had some nice teams. Well, Keith Showalter also coached in Auburn and, yes. and won, went to the state in 1949. And... Uh, Actually, when DeKalb started in 1967, it took DeKalb quite a while to get their own identity because people always wanted to compare the DeKalb Barons to the Auburn Red Devils, (laughs) and that didn't quite work out because the Auburn Red Devils won four regionals in a row. And uh, Keith Showalter was the coach, and actually when I became the athletic director, he was on the school board at DeKalb. How how did you uh, uh, come about becoming the uh, athletic director at DeKalb High School? That, that's really a good question because I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I applied for the job and happened to get it. I think what happened was one of the stipulations you had to quit coaching. And I was an assistant football coach at the time, and some other head coaches applied for the job, and I'm not sure they had they were ready to give up coaching. And in my case, I didn't care. And this was something that happened late in the late in the late in the summer. So I didn't actually become athletic director till the first of August. But uh, yeah, I got the job, and I was in the job for twenty six years. So, but I, I never did figure out how I got it. <laughs> Tell us what was your. Uh, I always ask new coaches and stuff. This what was your biggest surprise in taking over a, a, a position like that? 
I'm not really sure. I, I knew it was going to be very time consuming. I knew that, and I was up to that, and I always had very good support for my wife, Janet, and our kids. And uh, once our children got old enough, especially the son, if dad went to a game someplace during the week, he went along with me. And, uh, even later on when he was, when he was growing up and gone, he would still ask me about certain DeKalb teams because we would go to everything and, uh, he was always interested to know how the Barons were doing. You know, uh, you have to have a lot of support from your family to, to, uh, do a job like that. I talk with a, with an old Belmont, uh, well, he's not an old man, but he's an old Belmont AD. And he told me this has probably been 15 years ago that, uh, each, each and every year there's a 33% turnover in coaches. So that means, or in uh, athletic directors. So that means once every three years, people are being replaced. Oh, very true. Uh, the light, longevity of that job is not, is not very good because it is very time consuming. And, and there's a certain point in the year I'd always look at let's say around this time of the year right now, okay, do you want to do it next year? Well, you've already got most of the work done for next year. Yeah, let's do it another year. But then you just keep going and going and going. And I did it 26 years, and basically I I liked it. But I happened to be at DeKalb as athletic director, and I always said it was DeKalb's golden era. We were we were very good in a lot of different sports. So it was it's it's a lot of fun to go to contests when you win most of the time and i had that that happen in my case so how does a uh, uh did did uh, burn have uh, football in in 64 i know they they might may have had it in 65 or 66 but oh you would have to get me started about burn football i was actually on the first burn high school football team we started football my freshman year we played a, a practice game and i don't even remember who against one that's the only game we played but that particular season which was a 60-61 school year they only allowed freshmen and sophomores to participate by the next year things were starting to happen a little faster and they let then the seniors come out and we actually played like five varsity games and four JV games that second year and by the third year when I was a junior we played a varsity schedule and of course my senior year and in just a few years time then Byrne became a member of the NEIC for one year before the consolidation when South Adams started so my brother actually was a a Byrne Bear in football his senior year that was in the (laughs) NEIC I actually played on the winningest Byrne football team (laughs) because we only had it a few years and we only won three games (laughs) Sounds like some of my claims to fame here, but uh, um, so where did you go to, to college at? I went to Bluffton in Ohio, Bluffton College. It's now Bluffton University, and I actually taught two years in Coldwater, Ohio, lived in Bern. I was an assistant track coach, and then I went to DeKalb. Uh, one year I was eighth grade typing teacher, and they told me that year, the teachers that I worked with, they said, you're dead-ended, you'll never get to the high school, and I was only at the junior high one year. Because one of the business teachers, I was a business teacher, one of the business teachers at the high school wanted my job. We switched. That was good for me. It was good for him. So everything just happened to work out. You know, I, I lived through that consolidation. We were, uh, we, I was a sophomore when we consolidated. Uh, 
and it seemed that there were a lot of crazy things going on. I, I know uh, Delta picked up sports that uh, Eden didn't have, and uh, they basically go around and tell different people, you're going to be the tennis coach or you're going to be the golf coach, this kind of thing. And uh, so that's the way it was named for a few years. And, and uh, uh, Lou Koning, I know at Belmont, was uh, approached and basically told, you're going to be the tennis coach. And he goes, I really didn't know anything about tennis. And, you know, that's kind of kind of the way it was and kind of the way things happened. And you also had a tremendous glut of uh, basketball coaches, uh because, uh, you know, we consolidated th- basically at that time three schools into one. Later it was four schools into one. So you had uh, three varsity coaches and three varsity assistants to choose, or three B-team coaches to choose from. Or uh, I think the, the, the probably the best thing that some schools did was they went entirely outside and brought in a completely different basketball coach. Yes, and, and, and the problem when, when the consolidations happened, we didn't have girls' sports at that time yeah. yet. And so... When that happened a little later, some of these boys' coaches migrated into the girls' programs and actually did an outstanding job, and and so that just that just took some time. But I I always said it decal because when you look at how many sports we have in these schools and how many coaches we have, not every coach is Vince Lombardi, <laughs> and and sometimes you're just lucky to have a warm body that's willing to do it. Yeah. And that's that's the problem that I think everybody has, and it's we still have it. Who are some of the better? Well, we can go athletes, but who are some of the better athletes you remember from DeKalb? Well, of course, we we had two really outstanding athletes when I was athletic director. The first one was Michelle Joseph. Mm-hmm. She was a girls basketball player, and she had all of our scoring records. In fact, she scored fifty seven points one one game. But she later on went to Purdue. She was an All-American. She has a lot of scoring records at Purdue, and she's currently the women's basketball coach at Georgia Tech. She's been there for about 12 years now. And every couple of years, a group of DeKalb, DeKalb people, we go up to Notre Dame when when she's playing at Notre Dame with her team. The last time we were there, we sat right behind her bench and after the game, before her girls went down to the locker room, she actually had them come and shake our hands and thank us for coming to the contest. So <laughs> that was neat. that was memorable. Uh, another great athlete at DeKalb was Luke Recker. Mm-hmm. He graduated from DeKalb in 1997, the last year of single-class basketball. And uh, he's probably the best individual basketball player DeKalb ever has had. So we were lucky to have him there. The uh, we talked earlier about the Auburn teams, and I can't remember the fellow's name, but they had an all star there at uh, Auburn about forty nine. They had they had a couple of them. Let's let's see if I can remember. I probably can't right now. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I should know because they actually had a Tressler Award mm-hmm. winner, and uh, he's he was very he's been very successful. He was actually a physicist. I was going to say yeah, and, and I can't think of his name right. I, now. I can look it up, but, but yeah. yeah, and I could look it up too. But I and I can't think of his name. He lives in the state of New York, and he's retired now, of course. But uh, he was he was in and and actually they had a bunch of a uh, number of good basketball players at Auburn and back at that time. And they had a legendary football coach named Zeke Young, mm-hmm. who was also a basketball official. And if you go through any of your old basketball things, Zeke's name shows up. In fact, when I became first athletic director at DeKalb, I knew Zeke because we went to the same church. 
and Zeke would give me a thousand dollars every year to buy football helmets. Wow, well, and that was yeah. a lot of money back oh, at that yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, tell us about uh, you know we we know some of the the great players from Burn, but tell us about some of the great players you saw uh, playing high school ball. And uh, well, you can even go back to your junior high days if you want. Okay, uh, Bluffton always had very good players, and and Burn Burn actually struggled against Bluffton when we were really good back in the early '60s. But there was Bur- Bob Perkheiser mm-hmm. at Bluffton. There was Brad Bounds at Bluffton. Um, I believe one of them went to Purdue, and the other went maybe went to Kentucky or something. I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Perkheiser went to Purdue, and Bounds mm-hmm. went to Kentucky. There was Tom Bach at. Concordia, he was in my class. He graduated in 1964. I think he went to Nebraska. His dad was actually athletic director at Concordia. Portland had a couple of good players. One was in my class. I think his name was Bennett. Well, I, we could look this up and we could find <laughs> out for sure, but he, he was a very good athlete. Um, Adam Central had some good athletes because they actually – when they beat us in 64, they started a run of three straight years. Mm-hmm. Decatur had good basketball teams. They had some good players. Decatur Catholic had some good players. Monmouth had Norb Witte. Uh, Monmouth won their only sectionals in a row, which was four. Mm-hmm. They never won any, any any other time. So there were a lot of good players. Austin had some good players. And if, if I actually took time to look this up, we could I could get a lot more of them. My wife had an uncle that uh, went to burn through his junior year, and then he went to Aussie, and so he was still a, a bear, but he just uh, changed schools. But uh, there was quite a, uh, a rival, rivalry that developed between Burn and Aussie in those days. Oh yes, yeah. That, there were some there were some gruesome games between <laughs> Burn and Aussie. I, I remember that growing up. Uh, another thing about earlier days. Uh, we, I was at a game once, and I think Byrne was playing Concordia. I was probably in seventh grade, maybe, something like that. I don't remember the exact year, but I would sit at a game with my buddies. And I told the buddies, I said, there's a guy sitting over there on the other side. I think it's Mike McCoy from Southside. He was like seven foot tall, mm-hmm. and Southside was very good. But anyways, they said, "Oh, that, that's not that's not Mike McCoy." And I said, "I'm going to go over there and see who it is and get his autograph." Sure enough, it was Mike McCoy. They won a state championship, yes. I believe, with Mike McCoy, 1958, and Tom Bollard was on that yep. team. Dan Howe, uh, Carl Stavretti, great team. You know, it's 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 a different world now, but even I can remember. And I'm not not that much younger than you, but I can remember um, yeah, the the sectionals at the Muncie Fieldhouse being sold out, even county attorneys being sold out. And uh, uh, I, I the the uh, first Mammoth and, and Burn game uh, that year, '63, uh, they played at uh, Lures and sold it out. So there was uh, uh, the the teams were drawing pretty good. I mean, you got little Mammoth and little Burn uh, selling out a, a gym that probably sat about four thousand people back then. Yes, and, and that and that's also very true. And, and then what happened, a lot of these consolidated schools, probably one of the reasons they built these large gyms that we don't really need anymore <laughs> today was because they wanted to host a sectional. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a master thesis about sectionals and home court. And the statistics are like 70% <laughs> chance of winning when you're the host. Oh, yeah. But, of course... A lot of those big gyms were built by big schools, and smaller schools were in the sectional. But 
we have a glut of huge gymnasiums in Indiana oh, yeah. that most of the time aren't very full anymore today because not necessarily because of class basketball, but what's happened with class basketball, we don't really have enough schools in this state to actually it, it works, but especially at the sectional level, we get teams from different areas that have to be in the same sectional, like currently at South Adams. You've got Eastside and Cherubusco playing each other in Burn just this week. Well, not many of their fans were there. And that's just the way it works that way in most of these tournaments because you see teams that don't get to play during the year and there's not a lot of rivalry there. So there's not a lot of people that go to the contest. Plus, our other sports are a lot bigger than they used to mm-hmm. be. And you're not going to see a wrestling parent probably come to the basketball game. He's busy going to wrestling as much as the parent of the basketball players going to their games. And so it's, it's just like that. And, you know, I think one of the differences between basketball and football, in football, you've only got a nine-game schedule, so you're going to play either your conference opponents or you're going to play rivals. And we've got that in Adams County now with Belmont playing Adams Central and South Adams and, you know, all the the, the, the three schools playing each other and playing schools like Bluffton and, and uh, uh, Southern Wells and even Jay County to some extent. Uh so you know that creates a rivalry. So you get a you get a good uh, crowd at a, at a, a football game, and then you you take uh, uh, basketball. You've got Adams Central playing East Side, or you've got uh, uh, South Adams playing maybe Eastbrook or somebody like that. That uh, you know you, that's the only time of year you see them. And then you get into sectional, you might see somebody entirely different. Right, and and that's like you said, that's that's just how it is. And the other thing about football. In most cases, on a Friday night, there's nothing else going on. You're not playing any other activities. But any other day of the week, there's multiple <laughs> activities going on, and that happens throughout the year and, and even in regular season basketball because there's there's so many other things going yeah. on. Well, now, you of course, they've got uh, 22-game schedules, and, you, you know, uh, you've got girls basketball. Uh, they, you know, games are played on Tuesday night and Thursday night, as well as Friday and Saturday night. And of course, through the week, uh, you get in the midst of the season, get in the middle of the season, and there might be four or five other sporting events going on that night. Oh, yes, very, very much so. You've got boys and girls swimming, wrestling. Some schools have gymnastics. So it's, it's just, uh, it's just a busy time. I would imagine that probably made your, uh, Career as an athletic director, pretty interesting, uh, trying to find, uh, you know, I know you line up officials in advance and stuff, but there's always that fellow that gets sick or can't show up for some reason. I, I would imagine, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a big follower of gymnastics until we get to the Olympics, but probably trying to find somebody to uh, officiate a gymnastic event and, you know, somebody calls in sick or something, that that presents a huge challenge. Oh, it, it, can, throw, it can throw a wrench and things in in pretty quickly because you can't play a contest unless you have two opponents mm-hmm. plus you have to have yeah. the officials and if you have only one opponent you can't play if you don't have officials you can't play so it, it can be a mess <laughs> uh, one of my biggest nightmares i remember we were playing concordia in the football sectional well con- and i should have thought of this but i didn't concordia does not dress at the opposing school they just get on the bus and ride to the school and get out of the bus and go play. Well, this particular night, it's like 
7 o'clock, this was going to be a 7.30 game, and there's Concordia fans at the game, but the team's not there. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Pretty soon the bus drives up, they hop out, they go warm up for five minutes, they're ready to play. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, we have actually had games where, uh, or supposed to have games where the opponents didn't show up because somebody, you know, screwed up a, a, or, or scheduled another opponent or something on the same night. So, uh, you know, and I, I can't imagine how big a, uh, I don't know if embarrassment's the right word, but how big a problem it would cause to get up in front of two or three thousand people and say, well, this one's, this one's off. They're, they're playing someplace else tonight. I'll tell you, this happened to me one time for a JV baseball game. And uh, I was in my office after school, and the manager of the reserve baseball team came in my office, and he said, we, we were playing East Side, which is a school in DeKalb County. He said, they haven't showed up yet. So I, I've been in the job long enough to know that, okay, you better, you better check your paperwork yeah. and see if there's some mistake. So I look. I don't even have a contract for this game. <laughs> and I tell the manager, I said, I don't think East Side's going to show up. And he said to me, he said, you come tell coach. I'm not telling him. <laughs> so, so I had to come tell the coach. But what happened, East Side had a new athletic director. If it would have been somebody that had been there before, probably everything would have been taken care of, even though it was my mistake because I didn't make the contract. But, uh, what, one thing you don't want is you don't want to see, you know, you're going someplace to a contest and you pass the other school's bus going towards your school <laughs> on the way. You don't want that to happen. And and most of the time it doesn't, but things like that happen sometimes. Uh, and then we got to wrap this up because I have to go. Okay, Dick. Uh, Dick, tell me what what are your feelings on uh, on on class sports and and what needs to be fixed and and what has worked? I, I think it's basically worked, but but I think probably in retrospect maybe we should have made two classes when we started instead of three, or instead of four we started four classes. We're still at four. The problem in Indiana we don't have enough schools because of the size of the schools for the different classes. So we end up with teams that don't see each other but one time a year, and then the fans are supposed to, you know, come in thousands to go to these contests, and that that doesn't happen. But uh, you know, you know that's that's a problem in our state because, like in Ohio, they have they've had class forever, but they have twice as many high schools in Ohio as we have in Indiana, Michigan, the same the same way. We're just we're spread out. Because of consolidations, and uh, that's just kind of the way it is. And, and now the other thing, the private schools are are getting better all the time. There's more of them, and and especially the small schools that really couldn't wait for class, they have no chance to win now either. Well, I, I think that uh, you know in football, uh, a lot of the classes, the smaller classes in particular, you have. Uh, privates and parochials playing in the championship almost every year. I know the girls' championship single A this year was uh, Marquette Catholic and uh, Marquette uh, Michigan City Marquette and Vincennes Reveille, two two private schools or you know parochial schools, and uh, you, you end up with that. And I, I don't think when 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 they went to class they anticipated the growth of the the private schools. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And that's that's all changed now. You've got. 
you know, homeschool kids playing on teams and you've got homeschools that have teams. They're not in the IHSAA, but I'm not so sure in five or 10 years if they won't be allowed to join the IHSA too. And, and you'll have more and more of those kind of schools. And, uh, some of these schools aren't in every sport, but they're in certain sports. They're very good because they get their athletes from, from all over. And uh, that's just how it is. It's like it's like years ago when Hammond Bishop Knoll had some had some really good baseball teams. Uh, they told me that most of their players are from Illinois, <laughs> and they went to Hammond Knoll. It's a couple miles from Illinois, and uh, I know uh, there's uh, some parochial schools in South Bend get a lot of their students from Michigan. They come down. It's just a few miles away, and that's just how it works. And I just I I, I wonder. Uh, uh, I was told a story the other evening about a kid that. Uh, had gone to Cherubusco for a couple of years, then played on two uh, on on a state championship team at Fort Wayne Snyder, and now is playing basketball back at Cherubusco. So you got to wonder uh, how do these people get around some of these rules? It wasn't that long ago that uh, one of the schools brought in a a six foot seven kid from Marion just to play in the sectionals. Yeah, that doesn't seem quite fair to me. No, it's not quite fair. But I just just like this week, uh, East Side played. Played Cherubusco, and uh, I'm good friends with the athletic director at East Side, and he was telling me they've got a number of players that play for Cherubusco that actually live in the Carroll district, and probably some of these players, as a 2A player, they're pretty good. As a 4A player, maybe they're not <laughs> quite as good, but they see the handwriting on the wall, and it's pretty easy just to switch schools, and you can do it a lot easier today than you could oh, yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. Well, Dick, I know you've got to get out of here, so I'd like to thank you for being our guest tonight. Appreciate it. And uh, maybe toward the uh, – uh, when we get another break between seasons, we'll uh, have you up again because I know there's a lot more you want to talk about. Well, I've got plenty to talk about. <laughs> I have no trouble talking. That's not been one of my faults. So uh, I appreciate the chance to uh, share a little bit, and uh, good luck with the rest of the sports season. Thank you very much. That was Dick McKean, the former – uh, athletic director at DeKalb and uh, uh, a, a uh, former Burn player and who's now living back in Burn. I'd like to thank him for being on the show, and we will be back right after this. Since 1980, we have been your screen printing professionals. Hi, this is Greg Kitson from Mind's Eye Graphics at 1019 Commerce Drive in Decatur. We take great pride in our screen printing and embroidery accomplishments. If you need from a few to a few hundred garments decorated, we can do it schools, organizations, business apparel, and more. Your design or custom design. If you can see it in your mind's eye, we can print it. Did a monkey pick your pocket and steal your keys? Did a bull moose scare you and run off with your keys? Did a ghost spook you and cause you to drop your keys down a sewer grate? Did the National Guard run over your keys with a tank? If any of this happened to you, or if you just need some lock work done, a safe combination change, or some keys made, then call Bob's Locksmith Shop. That's Bob's Locksmith Shop at 724-3359, Adams County's only full-time locksmith. Do you know all of the services provided at Decatur Hardware and Rental in the Decatur Plaza? We fill propane grill tanks, test pool water, custom mix paint, cut keys, ship UPS packages, cut glass and plexiglass, 
We rent tents, tables, and chairs. We rent trenchers, a skid loader, tractor, stump grinder, sod cutter, and so many more items. Hardware, plumbing, electrical, or paint. Let Decatur Hardware and Rental make your project much easier to complete. Decatur Hardware and Rental and the Decatur Plaza. Family owned in the same location since 1972. Your sight is precious. Your eye care professional invaluable. Dr. Alan Harshman's Adams County Vision Center is conveniently located at 815 South 13th Street at Indicator. Dr. Harshman's experience combined with state-of-the-art technology assures you the finest eye care available. Dr. Harshman's Adams County Vision Center offers the latest in contact lenses and frames. Dr. Harshman and his staff look forward to seeing you for all your eye care needs. Call 724-4111. Welcome back to Hitcher Stowe's High School Sports Weekly. And now it's time for the Adams Memorial Hospital preview. Coming up this week on uh, Friday night at uh, Sectional 1A, it'll be West at Westdale. It'll be Cowan versus Westdale. Southern Wells at Liberty Christian. In Sectional 2A at South Adams, it's South Adams versus Bluffton. And, Bob, that's the game you will carry. That's the game that we're doing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, following that will be Cherubusco versus Canterbury. In the 3A sectional at Norwell, it's Marion versus Norwell. Second game, it's Mississippi versus Bishop Lures. Saturday, sectional 1A, the championship at Westdale. 2A, it's the championship at South Adams. And then the sectional, uh, 3A sectional at Norwell. Indoor track, South Adams will be at Indiana Wesleyan University. And that is the preview for this upcoming week. Thank you very much. We'll get another break in, come back, and... Uh with a couple more segments right after this. Do you remember last winter? Why would I want to? Cold, snow, unpredictable utility bills. Exactly, unpredictable utility bills and shortages. What are you getting at? I'm talking about the real world advantages of a quality Hitzer coal burning stove. Where can I learn more? Online at Hitzer.com or stop by the showroom, 269 East Main Street in Bern. Be energy independent with a new handcrafted Hitzer stove. Welcome home. A new chapter doesn't mean you have to rewrite your entire life story. It only means you're ready to move forward into a lifestyle that's tailored to your needs and ambitions. At Adams Woodcrest, they go to great lengths to make your transition to a new and exciting lifestyle easy and carefree. Choose from one or two bedroom villas or apartments. Call or visit today. Adams Woodcrest, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. Member Adams Health Network. Here's some straight talk about insurance from auto owners. You may think eliminating the middleman will save you money. When it comes to insurance, you eliminate a lot more. Like the personal service that comes from dealing with a local agent. Someone who lives in your community, who knows you and your insurance needs, and will be there for you when you need them. For the best rates and coverage, call your local independent auto owner's agent. See Mark, Toby, or Barb at Graber Insurance, Highway 27 North in Burn and North 13th Street Indicator. Model trains, one of the nation's favorite hobbies for all ages. For all your needs, rely on Whistle Stop Hobbies and Crafts, 905 North 2nd Street, Decatur. Trains, pine cars, rockets, model kits, and diorama supplies, they're all at this well-stocked one-stop hobby shop. You'll also find DMC Embroidery Floss, CK Products, and Cake, Cookie, and Candy Supplies. Stop today at Whistle Stop, 905 North 2nd Street, Indicator. Welcome back to Hitcher Stowe's High School Sports Weekly. And Rex, I got a question for you. You've seen a lot of Belmont girls basketball this year. 
Uh, if you were choosing an all-star for next year's team, who would it be? Uh, well, you got to say Grace Hunter, who's been an all-star for him the past three years as a starter. Um, probably Megan Buzik, probably too. Broke a thousand points in her junior year. Mm-hmm. All the I, I believe she's now the all-time leading scorer at school. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced the top sixty, uh, or not the top sixty. They announced the junior all-stars that will play the. Uh, senior all-stars the the uh, all-star team this year in they play about a half dozen exhibitions over the state and there's north south central and in a core group uh, so there's approximately you know 40 50 girls that are chosen for this grace hunter didn't get a look hmm. and uh, clint anderson asked me the same question when i walked in his office today and he said he wrote uh, pat mckee who organizes the all-star games and asked why she wasn't included and apparently it's down to how much the coach promotes her. He said she was talked about a little bit, but uh, basically there was nobody at this meeting to promote her, and so she didn't make it, which I think is a... That's uh, unfair. That seems to be, a you know, uh, uh, an oversight. Um, speaking of underclassmen, Bob, uh, one of the young men that uh, we had up on the wrestling show before they went to state finals, uh, Kyle Lawson, along with... Uh, Caden Freet, um, last week, the week after the state wrestling finals, wrestled in the freshman and sophomore um, state tournament, and they both finished third. I saw that. There was a picture in the uh, Decatur paper, uh, I believe yesterday, and uh, the one young man that was up here had a, uh, looked like he, somebody hit him in the head. He had a black eye. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. And, uh, but no, they both, congratulations to yeah. both of them. So, anyway, we will move on into the, uh, from the archives, and uh, having Dick McKean up here uh, uh, reminded me that, uh, you know, we talked about the, the junior high team going 67-0, and which is pretty remarkable. Uh, they went to a regionals, uh, actually won regionals in 61 and 63, and, and took on some big teams like uh, Kokomo and, and South Bend Central and some of those, you know, the, the, the big teams, uh, much much larger than than Burn, and uh, that was that was quite a uh, span. Um, their coach was his name was Bruce Smith, and before he came to Burn, he coached at Freelandville, and their nickname was the Flying Dutchman. Hmm. <laughs> Freelandville. Freelandville, yes. So I thought that was uh, kind of interesting, and. Uh, Rex, we don't have a whole lot of games to choose from. Uh, if you want to look here, we've got Bluffton and South Adams on Friday night, and then one of those teams will be in the uh, finals. Uh, Norwell's still alive at Norwell. They drew a bye. And so we've got uh, Norwell playing. We've got uh, Norwell playing Marion. And, uh, yeah, I Norwell. think Norwell, uh, a little bit stronger season than uh, Belmont had. Mm. Uh, I think they have a, a little bit better chance against Marion. But like I say, Belmont's with Marion right until about third quarter, and then Marion pulled away. So uh, I think Norwell might be able to win that game. Okay. And how about uh, Bluffton and South Adams? Uh, Bluffton kind of an upset because you said they, they knocked off uh, Adams Central. Maybe they're peaking, but uh, I'll take South Adams. Okay. I'll go with Bluffton in that bowl game. I think they've just got uh, – South Adams is still missing two starters. Who, who well, you didn't tell me that. I'm about in four or six games ago and are out for the season, but uh, – I, I would pick, I think, Bluffton in that. I hate to go against South Adams, but uh, Bluffton looked really good the other night. So, Well, we've got Pacers ball game coming up, and uh, I think Rex and I are going to exit a little bit early tonight because uh, not a whole lot going on here, but uh, 
we do have some tracks starting this this weekend. Is the uh, it's a big invitational at uh, Indiana Wesleyan that South Adams goes to every year. So we will have track coming up. Uh, we're going to try to get uh, some softball coaches and some. Go- we will have a golf coach up next week. Uh, so we're going to start working on the spring season here as the uh, winter season is uh, rapidly approaching an end here. So okay. like to thank everybody for listening. And until next week, stay dry and drive safely.